everything you do. Just keep that in mind. So let's look at this handmaiden, Hagar. Things had seemed to look up for a brief moment, as I said. She was in a lowly status, and she was a servant, and it changed when she became pregnant. And finally, after she was sort of thrown into the wilderness, she was in a fix. You see, she had to go home. And going home, it was a dangerous thing for a woman to do. Not only was it a dangerous thing, she could have been abused by nomadic tribes. Being pregnant, she could have lost her baby from the rigors of traveling in the rugged terrain. Having had to escape probably in the night, she would have had few supplies. But somehow she made it to a spring of water in the desert and sat down exhausted. Hagar knew about Abram's God, the living and true God, and she must have wondered if that God knew or cared about her situation. And no doubt she was confused. What could a pregnant single woman do even if she reached her homeland? Her family was probably poor and couldn't help her. Her future was uncertain, her past too painful to think about, and she probably felt abandoned by everyone on earth and forgotten by God in heaven. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like you've been forgotten? God, I, I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I seem like you, you've, you've forgotten me. In this context, we read, now the angel of the Lord found her. What a beautiful picture of our compassionate God, who is concerned even for this poor, confused servant girl. The angel tells her what to do, and then he promises her that he will multiply her descendants through the child that she was carrying. Hagar was encouraged and probably was in awe at the experience, and she gives a new name to God, el Roki, the God who sees and then she returns to Abram and Sarai, and Ishmael is born. I look at this as being two dominant themes in these verses. First, God sees Hagar. And then second, Hagar sees God. God saw Hagar's affliction. As a result, Hagar saw God's mercy and submitted to him. And that's how we can apply that today like this. Because God sees your affliction, we can see his mercy and submit to him. This story is encouraging. If you are suffering and you feel that God has abandoned you or you feel that God does not see you, no, he does not have eyes in the back of his head. But he is El Elroy, the God that sees. He has not forgotten you. He sees your affliction because he sees you and you can see his mercy and submit to him. Number one, God sees our affliction. He saw God, he saw Hagar's affliction. The angel of the Lord found her. And when you think about that, he found her. She didn't find him. There was an old saying, people used to say, I found God. My mama used to say, well, baby, God was never lost. <laughs> Have you ever heard people say, oh, I found the Lord. I found God. He was never lost. He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He found us. Why? Because he is a God-seeking God. We may think that we found him, like I said, but in reality, I'm so glad that he found me. He found me when I was in sin. He found me when I was down and out. He found me when I was afflicted in my body. He found me. And I'm so glad that even in my sin, he still loves me. And I don't have to run. I can run to him rather than away from him. Even this Egyptian servant girl, God has his eyes 
on her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar. Number two, we see God in his mercy and submit to him. Hagar wouldn't have seen the Lord if it hadn't been for her trial. You're going to have trials and tribulations in your life. If you have not had them, keep on living. They're coming to a place near you. <laughs> You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. You're going to have a broken heart. You're going to have broken relationships. Somebody may die in your family. Somebody may divorce in your family. Something may be going on so tragic in your life, but God sees your affliction. He sees your hurt. He sees your pain. Know that he sees it. And when you see it, you can submit to him and say, God, thank you for seeing my affliction. Hagar wouldn't have seen the Lord if she had not had her trials. Hagar called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. God sees. Not only does God see even better, God sees you and I today in spite of our confusion, in spite of our rebellion. He lets us see a glimpse of him. We see God who is merciful in spite of our sin. When God meets you in a time of trial, as he did with Hagar, and you see him, your first thought is, oh, God, how can you be so merciful to me? I'm not worthy. I'm, I don't deserve it. But when Jesus died upon the cross, he made us worthy. And then God's mercy moves us to submit to him. The kindness of God leads you to repentance. Hagar submitted to God by returning to Abram and Sarai. You see, submission is the proper response when we see God and his mercy toward us in Christ. I found a quote that simply said, I don't have to like it to obey it. I don't have to like it when God tells me, Stephanie, I'm like, mm-mm, I don't want to. I, yes, Lord. Submitting to God is the best thing that we can do because each and every one of us know when we've tried it our way, it don't work. So as Hagar submitted and went back to Abram and Sarai, God multiplied. He multiplied and he multiplied from Hagar. You see, obedience is better than sacrifice. And I love when she went to that well. That well is called the well of the living one who sees me or the well of the seeing alive. When you take a drink of the living water, the word of God, it's so refreshing. Even in the mist, even in the mist, when we don't deserve his love or his forgiveness, in conclusion, I close with this story. A father watched his daughter's pet hamster trying to gnaw its way out of a cage to what he thought was freedom. But the father saw the hamster and what the hamster did not see. Come on up. Oh, Forrest, I know you did that, didn't you? <laughs> but the hamster didn't see the dog that was around the corner. Smiling, saying, come on out of that cage. If the hamster had worked its way free, it would have been met with sudden death. The cage was really a protection and a blessing. We often like that pet hamster. 
We try to break free from some confinement or trial that God has put us in, thinking that we could really live the way we want to. But God sees that our real need is to submit to him in the trial. We need to realize that even as God saw Hagar, remember he sees you and I. He especially sees our affliction. In our trials, we will look like Hagar. We will see God and his mercy toward us. And our response will be to submit ourselves to his loving presence. The French writer Paul Claudel simply says this, Christ did not come to do away with suffering. He did not come to explain it. He came to fill it with his presence. And I pray that if you are suffering, if there's someone that is going through something that you feel that they may not be able to go through, simply walk up to them and say, I see you. He sees you. He cares for you. And I care for you. Because our God in all of our afflictions sees our pain and he cares. God bless you this morning. Receive the benediction. May your day be blessed by moments of quietness, light in your darkness, strength in your weakness, grace in your meekness, joy in your gladness, peace in your stillness. May your day be blessed and know without a shadow of a doubt that our God sees you and your need. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go with God. Mm -hmm.